0: As a child, Eric Larson created a character he dubbed the Dragon in his own homemade comic book. Flash forward to present day and young Eric's creation has become the longest running full-color comic book still written and drawn by the same creator. The Savage Dragon has been in print for two decades with nearly 200 issues published and is still going strong. In addition to the green-skinned finhead, Eric has written and drawn some of the most iconic characters in comics including Spider-Man, Hulk, Aquaman, and Wolverine. This made him a fan favorite and led to his co-founding of Image Comics in 1992. What started as six comic book artists exploring a new creative outlet has become one of the top comic book publishing companies in the world, with crossover titles like Spawn, Witchblade, The Walking Dead, and of course, The Savage Dragon. We'll find out where the impetus to form Image Comics came from, how a single person can write and draw the same comic for over 20 years, the best way to break into the business, and much more. As Eric Larson joins us on the Scripts and Scribes podcast right now. Welcome to the Scripts and Scribes podcast, uh, the podcast for writers. I'm your host, Kevin Fukunaga. Uh, Today, we're talking with Savage Dragon creator and uh, co-founder of Image Comics, Eric Larson. Uh, Thanks for joining us today, Eric.
1: Gosh, thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Great to talk to you again. It's been so long. Uh, (laughs) uh, So uh, one of the things that really impresses me, as well as I think uh, other comic creators, I think, is that You're one of the true few comic creators. And what I mean by that is that you really do write and draw and create your own book and have so for a very long time. It's not like the Savage Dragon is your character and then you kind of passed it off to other people. I mean, it really is yours. You've been doing it for so long. Um, You know,
1: longer than most people are aware, just because. This is a character that I created when I was in like fourth grade. Yeah, I read that stuff. <laughs> you
0: have like doodles and you have
1: like sort well, of. Well, I, I drew of, full or... comics, full on comic books. I didn't know this, the correct size to draw things on, and I didn't have access to that paper. Right. But as a kid, I was I was making comics out of eight and a half by eleven paper, kind of folded in half, so my comics were a little small. And uh, I, I just started doing my own comics really early on for no good reason as far as i can tell.
0: Well, i mean uh, the love of the, you know, medium i think. Obviously. Yes,
1: let's go with that.
0: Right. <laughs> that
1: sounds a lot better than what i just had there. So it's, yeah.
0: But that's the amazing thing though is that you've stuck with the Perfect. dragon for as long as you have since you were a kid up till now obviously a 10 year run, you know, what waits basically 10 years. 20, 20, dude. Well tw- 10 years on just the, the Savage Dragon. Oh yeah. No, 20. Oh 20, 20 years on. That's right. 20 years and, of Image
1: Comics. Is forever, right
0: now. 90, it's their 20th anniversary. Like 92, He's that's right.
1: Yeah. 92.
0: I know. It's flown by, hasn't it? It has. It absolutely has. Um because I, you know, I still have Savage Dragon number 1 and I remember wow, reading it. so do I. So.
1: You you're not you're not one-upping me.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm gonna one up you if it kills
1: me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
0: um, but I mean, it's it's like the old Jack Kirby, John Burns, Mike Mignola. You know, you're you write and draw, and you really your character is your own. That story is your own. And uh, how are you able to essentially for two decades, if not longer, obviously from, oh. from when you're a kid, been able to keep the dragon, the Savage Dragon, so interesting, so unique for so long. I mean, how do you keep it fresh while still sort of maintaining that integrity and not just kind of going off and just doing random nonsense? I
1: mean, well, the, the, something I decided I wanted to do is kind of an experiment really early on is to set the book in real time. Mm-hmm. And, um, what what that has done is it has, uh, kind of forced me to, to keep changing stuff. Mm hmm. You know, and I and I think also just that the nature of, of it being a, a creator own thing mm-hmm. helps helps make that easier as well. Just because you know when you're sitting there working at at some other company where they own everything, you're kind of hesitant about. about Well, am I going to give them my my great creation? I came up with something brilliant. I don't want Marvel to screw me over the way they did. (laughs) You know, whatever. Even if that isn't foremost in everybody's mind, there's still a little bit of hesitancy when it comes to creating something that isn't somewhat derivative, you know? I mean, it's easy to come on and go, okay, well, I'm doing Batman. I'm going to create Batwing or (laughs) Batdog or... You know, whatever. Right. And it's like, okay, that, I'm just doing a variation on their theme. I don't really feel that that's precious to me. Sure. But when you're doing stuff on your own, it's it's like, yeah, whatever. You're going to own whatever, whatever you create. So right. go for it, man.
0: Well, I mean, for example, though, where do you get your ideas from? I mean, in other words, the Savage Dragon obviously started off as sort of a, you know, a... a Jack Kirby esque, you know, classic comic with the Super Freaks, and and you know, then it sort of, you know, went a little, not that that wasn't mature, it went a little more mature with him becoming, you know, a, a you know, a father, and then kind of switching and becoming this post-apocalyptic thing, and then, I mean, where does, how do you <laughs> able to bring all this together and sort of make it have it make sense and kind of, you know, still, uh, you know, uh, be yeah. the same story.
1: I. You, you got me <laughs> I mean, there's there's it, it, a lot of it just is is trying just taking things to what i think is their their sort of logical progression you know one thing a lot of this is just kind of one thing leads to another you, you know but it's doing ongoing comics is kind of a weird thing in that it's it's like, you know, telling a joke and then go and then having the go, Okay, now what happens? Now that the chicken's across the road, what happens next? And it's like, oh crap. And I gotta think about this. And then doing it for twenty years. Yeah, and then just you you're kind of vamp for twenty years and okay. and hope nobody notices that you're vamping and and try not to tell people about that on a podcast. <laughs> 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 but
0: because <laughs> I mean, um, the Savage Dragon, is, as far as I know, is is the longest running. I guess they use it a full color comic because I know you know Cerebus ran for forever.
1: Yeah, well that's true. Cerebus did run forever,
0: <laughs> literally forever.
1: <laughs> um, you know, you do. Yeah, I mean it's it's been going for for a while. It's full color. It's got the same, essentially same creative team, although. I've had different letters and what have you. Right. Um, Colorists. But, yeah, I mean, it's...
0: How far ahead do you plot storylines for the dragon? Is it the kind of thing where you sit down and, you know what, for this issue and next issue I may know what I'm doing and who knows after that? Or is it something you have, like, oh, as a kid I remember I wanted to do this and now I'm going to bring that back? Or is it, like, you plot, like, you have 12 years, like, plotted ahead, like George Lucas with Star Wars, he had, like, the whole thing in his head? Um...
1: I, I think most people who tell you that they've got 12 years are, are bullshitting. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to think that, that all of every comic book is planned out years and years ahead of time. Right. But right. I'd, be, I'd be lying if I said when I started this book that I was expecting it to last 20 years. For sure. and, and certainly the idea that I'm going to sit there and plot out stories that far ahead of time is, yeah, not, no, that, that, that <laughs> doesn't really,
0: doesn't really
1: happen. It doesn't really happen with much of anybody, even though they might tell you otherwise. Right. Um, generally, what what we find is that there will be um, sort of general direction of where you want to go, where you want things to head, mm-hmm. which, which will be very broad strokes. You'll just go, okay, well, I know that, I'm, you know, I'm starting off the book now, and it's and it's Savage Dragon. I know that eventually I want to have him have children, and then I want the children to grow up and for them to eventually it to be their book. Now that's a very broad stroke. Sure. And then you do as you work on the title, working towards those various goals on your book, and just progressively you know you just kind of get there so it's like anybody's real life you're they're, they're sitting going well i know that i want to graduate from high school damn it and then i'm going to go to college and right. then i'm going to get a job and i'm going to do whatever it is so those are your broad strokes but you don't know necessarily what you're going to have for lunch on tuesday right right you know so people going well how you must have this book all worked out it's like yeah well I kind of know where I want to be around issue 340, but (laughs) I don't really know where I want to, you know, I don't really quite have it figured out what I'm going to do three issues from now. Right. Right. Although I do in this case, but.
0: Oh, we care to share. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Just tell us. We don't have to know. Okay. So that's um, sort of, you know, an explanation of kind of, you know, the basic plotting and and the broad strokes of how you come about with, you know, storylines for the Savage Dragon. Now, talking about more specific scripts, now, you've also been solely an artist, you know, for back in the day for Marvel, uh, but also you're obviously creator, artist slash writer slash everything for the Savage Dragon. So what are your scripts like for the Savage Dragon and how were they different? You know, obviously, you know what you're going to do, so you probably don't have to get into very much detail, uh, I'm assuming. And your own yeah. scripts for yourself, but like, um, how does no, that differ actually, from what it
1: what it has been? It de- depends really on the on the, the period in which I'm working because there are, are certain times where I'm like, I've got a lot of stuff that I need to fit in this specific issue, mm-hmm. and I got to make sure that I that I hit all those beats and that I'm right where I need to be at page, you know, at the end of the at the end of the issue. So there's that. And then there's the other issues, which are a little less packed than that. Mm-hmm. And those issues which are a little less packed, what I've been doing recently is I just sit down and draw it. And there's nothing written down at all. It's really? just I just start going. And then I'll write dialogue suggestions on the, on the margin or on the actual page. You know, dialogue balloons coming from people as I think of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I script it afterward. Wow, I know <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of nuts. That is kind of nuts. That's it, it's it is a, it's definitely a, a lie by the seat of your pants kind of thing. And and I often there'll be instances where I'll lay out a page and or two and go, okay, this doesn't work, and and <laughs> toss those out. Um, the stack of Pages that I've got that are sort of to be in developmental stage, I've got a stack that's probably three feet tall. Wow. Pages that I've like. okay, this one's not working right now. Start again. Wow. And they're not super complete. Right. But it's, it's something. And occasionally what will happen is I'll go through the slush pile and be like, oh, this will still work. <laughs> I'll, I'll pull something out and, and use it in something else later on. That's hysterical.
0: Um, so, but okay, yeah. So, as an artist as well, because obviously you used to do, you know, be yeah, a yeah, penciler yeah. solely. What would you look for in terms of a relationship with a comic writer? Like, uh, would they just hand you a script and you would just kind of go off and just do your own thing? Would you actually talk and sort of collaborate on stuff?
1: It depends on the person and mm-hmm. it depends on their working method. I just generally try and find something that that. Works for both of us, mm-hmm. um, and I, since I've got some storytelling chops, sure. often um, I find that uh, I don't need to work with as much as some other guys do. It's it's interesting because there's some people that that re- really require a full script, right? And they just they're stymied if they don't have it. Um, surprisingly, I. I was writing Aquaman over at DC some years back. Right. And, uh, I, I was writing in plot style and I, and I, I had an issue that half of it was going to be drawn by Jim Aparo and half was going to be drawn by the regular guy. Mm-hmm. And Jim Aparo was like, I never worked from a plot. I don't know what to do. Yes. <laughs> like, You've been in this business for, for 40 years, yeah for right. forever. Yeah. You know, you really, <laughs> so I, I, I Turn that into a full script. And he was <laughs> fine. He just, he just could roll it out. But it's like that was his comfort zone. He needed it to be a full script. And it's like, okay, that's fine. I've worked with full scripts before. Um, and it's fine. It can be a little weird depending on how good the, the writer is. Right. A, a lot of people don't understand uh, that this isn't a motion picture. And that there are certain things that are impossible to draw. Right. Like, for um, example? Uh, he shakes his head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Um, he, he walks across the room and looks out the window. Right. You know, you're either drawing him walking across the room or you're drawing him looking out the window, but you can't do both. Right, right. You know, I had an a artist friend who, who had got his script and the splash page was... A guy crawling through the desert with sweat on his forehead towards a temple with a full moon behind him. And it just, there were so many things where you're like, well, wait a minute, this is in front of him. <laughs> How is that possible? This, this is behind him. Right. And this, and, and it's like, if, I'm, if you're showing the sweat on his forehead, he's got to be relatively close. Right. And you have to see that it's his face. And if so you can you could get half of it, you know? So you but needed you a three sixty dolly shot basically around him. Yeah. And and it's like you you can't do that. Right. You know. Just different scripts call for, you know, different things. Everybody on earth screams, What? What am I <laughs> and get those likenesses right? No. <laughs> you know, there's just there's just certain things you you that are just impossible to draw. Right. That that writer often writers don't think about, you know, they they just haven't worked all that kind of stuff out.
0: Right, right. That makes sense. Um, Now, you've also gone through the sort of development process where The Savage Dragon was uh, an animated series on the USA Network. Right. Uh, What was that process like? I mean, did you have a lot of creative input with that? Did you want a lot of creative input, or did you just kind of let it
1: go? It was weird because I had a lot of input, but not a lot of say. I see. So it would be, well, we really want to know what you think the dragon should sound like. And so they would send me these tapes. And I go, OK, well, this is the guy I think works the best. And they go, well, that's not really what we thought. <laughs> and so they pick somebody else. And it's like, well, you're just, you're just pissing me off at this point. This is, this is not helpful at all. <laughs> So it's like okay, I got my I got Frank, darling. That's that's as close as I got. So right. Oh, funny. But it was it was somewhat of a frustrating venture, and you know, but well, whatever. It worked it worked out okay. I think the, the people who liked it liked it, and the people who didn't didn't. And I'll let it go with that. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, at, at a certain point, you just kind of have to walk away and go, this isn't mine. Right. This, right. The, you know, and people talk about, yeah, this, that that movie ruined the comic or ruined your book, whatever. And it's like, no, yeah, no, here's my book. This is all me. Right. This, right. this can't be ruined by a cartoon. Um, The cartoon, that's, it can be, it can be a piece of crap on its own. It doesn't, it doesn't need it it doesn't influence the other stuff, so so we're good.
0: Right. right. Yeah, I mean, they, they are different it's, mediums. The the Lord of the Rings books are different from the Lord of the Rings cartoon film, which are different from the Peter Jackson films, and they're mm-hmm. just different. They're unique in and of themselves. You may like one and not like the others, and, and that's just the kind of way it goes. Um, but it's it's always interesting to talk to true creators obviously the savage dragon being a very personal creation of yours and seeing someone else translate it into a different medium and see what that process is like and you know whether or not you're happy with the result and just kind of kind of you know
1: yeah i mean i wasn't i wasn't thrilled with it although there were pieces of it where i was like it was just cool to see guys walking around you know just right. a little bit of like wow there's there's my guy he's turning his head and that thin thing kind of works right it's, right. Getting, it's getting shorter and longer from uh, scene to scene, but whatever. <laughs> what <hell>? You know, <laughs> close
0: enough. Right. That's funny. So. Um, okay, going now, I want to talk a little bit about Image Comics. You were obviously oh, a co founder uh, back, as you corrected me, '92. It's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, all, with the other guys, uh, you know, McFarlane and Jim Lee and those guys. Um, now, when you founded Image Comics, was it sort of more of a desire to, you know, sort of reap the profits of your own labor since you've done so much, all of you guys have done so much amazing work for, for other companies like mm-hmm. Marvel? Uh, or was it just more about the creative freedom and just kind of being able to do what you want, when you want, and just tell the stories that you wanted to tell for so long?
1: I think it's a different thing to every single person sure. in the company. You know, mm-hmm. I think you know, uh, there are Certainly, people who are gonna say, "Yeah, I just wanted to make all the money," and there's there's others that are just gonna be, you know what? I just wanted to be able to tell my own stories and just be left alone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it, there's no really solid consensus. It's just that it made sense to everybody in in to some degree that that if you, all of these ideas sort of work in tandem with each other so it's like okay you're gonna by doing this on your own and publishing together you you can make more money okay then i'm in you know whatever
0: but it really uh, was sort of i mean there had been small independent publishers yeah. printing in black and white but it really was sort of uh you know unique in that it was basically the actor's creating their own studio from the old studio system days in the film, you know, when you had, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Grant it's, it's, and...
1: it's one of those ideas that had been tossed around forever. Sure. And people have speculated about forever in that, you know, when Jack had left
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Marvel to go to DC comics, the whole, well, what if a bunch of these guys all left these books at the same time? What if, you know, it was Jack and it was Steve Ditko and it was Gil Kane. And what if the top, guys all went and formed their own company. What would that be like? And and people have been asking that question for millennium, really, yeah. forever. People had just been talking about it. What, what would happen? And then this is the first time that a bunch of guys just said, yeah, what the hell, man? Let's try that out and see if that works.
0: What was the discussion
1: like? I mean, did you guys just
0: meet at, at a certain... Well, Do you guys it, have a conference call, or how did that? You did you guys actually decide to make that jump?
1: Because it was a big. Well, yeah, well, it wasn't. It was a big jump, and it was. It's. I, I think for some of us, it was a little more tentative than than sort of the history has shown it to be. You know, and that and that I was sitting there going, well, I've, I've got. I've got some other things that I could do and I'm not telling everybody I'm, I'm never going to see you again. Um, but I, I had done a Spider-Man run. And so at that point I didn't really have a, a regular gig
0: because
1: mm-hmm. my Spider-Man run was, was limited. It was just going to be six issues where I'm writing and drawing it. So at that point I, w- I was already essentially out of a job and I had, and I had lined up other stuff just like, oh, I'll do a. Nova miniseries or I did a Lobo miniseries I just had kind of other stuff that I could do hopefully like you know eventually leading to to something regular that that I was would really be passionate about but and you know and then this the kind of the image idea got tossed around and it wasn't necessarily for all of us okay well we're leaving our other books entirely and then we're going to go do this stuff i think rob had intended that he was going to do uh young blood in, in at the same time that he was still going to be doing Force and maybe you know laying it out and having somebody else do pencils on that or right or something and i and i think it was more of of Marvel took the news as these guys are leaving. Screw them. Let's get them off the comp list today. And, it, and at that point, it was like, all right, well, I, I, or we could do that,
0: right? Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> Todd was off Spider-Man, so it, it wasn't like he was had that as a regular gig. Sure, I was, you know, I, like they say, I didn't really have that something that I was doing anyway, so. There you go.
0: Well, I mean, I find that actually fascinating. Excuse me. It sounded like, you know, at least historically speaking, it's like, oh, you know, these six top guys are just abandoning ship, you know, turning, you know, uh, turning tail and basically creating this rival company to take down the big boys and you know, taking control, you know, almost like Spartacus kind of thing. And yet it, it turns out like you were just expanding your repertoire and you know, kind of kicked you out the door and said, fine, you want to go, go. And so that's, that's how it happened. And that's actually kind of funny. It,
1: it, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, but I, I think a lot of us kind of on the, on the way out, were like, if this doesn't work, let's not burn our bridges completely. Sure. Absolutely. Because that would be bad news. Right. You know, I'm going to, I don't want to end up drawing you know, whatever the hell it is, mad balls right. over there because they, they decided I, I'm a complete dick or something.
0: Right, right. But, um, so in addition to being one of the co-founders of, of Image Comics and, you know, obviously your long run at Savage Dragon, for four years you were publisher. You took over, I think, for Rob Liefeld.
1: Uh it's actually Jim Valentino.
0: Oh, took over from Jim Valentino. That's right. He took over from Rob, I think.
1: No, no, Rob was never the publisher. Oh, he wasn't? Was he was he the CEO
0: or something like that? Wasn't he like the...
1: was, well, we were all we were we were all theoretically in part of that hierarchy. Um but the succession was, you know, once we'd started on our own, Tony uh-huh. Liberto was a publisher. Okay. And it went to Larry Martyr. And then it went to Jim Valentino, and then it went to me, and now it's uh, Eric Stevenson.
0: Right. Okay. Cool. Um, but so during your four-year run um, as publisher, how? And I know there was, <clears throat> excuse me, a gap, sort of in the Savage Dragon between like what one and then 120 somewhere. Yeah. Um, but okay. how were you able to manage both publishing and you know? I didn't
1: manage it very well. <laughs> is, is really what it came down to? Is is that I I had my book uh, had all but dried up during that period, and I, and I you know, for a, for a number of people, that, that was the dark days of Savage Dragon because the the book just wasn't coming out that frequently. And sorry, guys, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I it was kind of a, an important gig, and I, I think at that point the the. The company had, had kind of strayed a little bit from what what it had been, and I kind of felt it was necessary to get it back on track. And right. So that's what came about. Sure. Um,
0: having been publisher, um, and Image obviously being a creator-owned, independent uh, comic book publishing company, mm-hmm. um, for aspiring comic creators, can you sort of explain what that sort of submission process is like Um, You know, I know you don't accept talent per se, like you don't sign an artist or you don't sign a writer. You take projects on a per project sort of basis. But what happens after that? Someone submits a project uh, to Eric, you, you know, I don't know. What is the evaluation process like? Does it start with Eric or, you know, someone in his office and then you guys all decide or? No,
1: actually, at this point, uh, it is entirely uh, decided by the publisher. Okay. There's no there's no process where, where the rest of us see this stuff at all, which is fine. I'm 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 all about that. Right. Because it's a headache. Right. <laughs> it's like, and we never get around to it. We just we have these emails. and We'd be like, oh, I don't want to look at this. I got <laughs> other things I got to do. So it's it's far better for all of us if if it's just left to somebody who knows what they're doing and and just goes with it. But we, uh, we'll, we'll get pitches, and, and sometimes they're awesome, and sometimes they're not. And even, even when they are awesome, often there is, uh, there's little things where you go, oh, that, that needs a, a tweak here and there in order to be commercial or better or whatever. Um, like the Luna Brothers had pitched uh, a book called Heroin. Right which was about this heroine who was out fighting crime and and my suggestion to them was you ought to change that name because people when they see heroin right aren't necessarily going to be thinking heroin they may be thinking heroin right and you know it's just it's just one of those simple like Really, guys, you know I have to think <laughs> this through because not everybody can spell as well as you can, right? <laughs> uh, and, or can discern the two from each other. So, you know, let's. There's there's characters in your book. Your main her- your main character's name is Ultra. Why not wanna call the book Ultra instead? And
0: mm-hmm.
1: sort of that's that's where that went. There's there's often things where where characters will come through and it'll be, and that character looks a little bit too much like this guy or that guy. Maybe you could push it in this direction. So when I, when I was publisher, I was a lot more hands on than a lot of guys are. I was, I was helping people design characters and, and designing Mm -hmm. logos or helping do any number of things. I did cover sketches for a number of ones.
0: Right. So, um, When a property, you know, a project is approved, do they sort of have free reign to kind of turn in pages, and that's what's going to be published, or is it again go through the editorial process? Like, would like you you had mentioned, you know, making changes here and there, um, or does it depend solely on a case by case basis? Like creators who have done work for you guys before kind of have a little more free reign, and sort of new creators.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty much the case. There's it's not. We're not super hands on, but you know, there's still stuff here and there where you'll go, Whoa, 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 what, what are you doing here? You know. Right. And, and you're really you're looking out for their own best interest too. So you know, let's let's put our best foot forward and and do the best we can and to do a good comic here.
0: Right. Um I was talking to James Hudnall, who'd done a couple of books with Image, um, and he'd said that Basically, there's an initial sort of startup cost, you know, to get, you know, into uh, previews, you know, the Diamond Distributor uh, publication uh, and getting it out there. Does it vary from book to book what that is based on a print run that you guys, you know, get from pre-orders or how does what determines the cost to the um, creators and in the, the initial startup cost,
1: speak? I don't know what he's talking about. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> because... As far as, as the wor- the world I'm, I'm familiar with, uh-huh. uh, while there is, uh, well, Image does take something on the back end. Right. There is no period that I know of where a creator is paying anything to Image Comics prior oh, okay. to, at, at any point. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's, I mean, it's It's all back end stuff they're getting paid back end, and we get paid back end and it's just that just how things work
0: I see so basically the way image uh publication works for uh non uh, partners for the uh non
1: founders well um... for even us it's okay its it's it's all the the same thing nobody's paid up front um there, there's actually been a couple exceptions to that where we're just like, okay, we're pretty sure this is gonna, this guy doing this book is gonna be, this will work. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right, So there's been a couple little things here and there, but it's largely that been the case where uh, where that is that is not what's gone on. Right. Um, and so it's just you know you we solicit your book the book comes out, uh, you, you know, so it's the book, orders are come, come in, the book coming out, we get paid, Right. Then we pass on the money to to the creators once we've, you know, paid off the printer and whatever else.
0: Right. Okay, that makes sense. And that, that's actually, I think, would be uh, much more appealing, especially for young aspiring creators who don't necessarily have startup capital, but, no, has, no, yeah. no, but the, yeah, I mean, the,
1: the, the, the part that people, the, the difficulty gets to be, okay, well, how do I, I'm willing to make this leap as a writer. How am I going to get an artist to make this leap as a, and how am I going to get a colorist to do that? And a letterer and stuff sure. like that. I mean, you, you kind of have to organize things that, so that everybody's on the same page.
0: Well, for example, um, if a writer were able to get an artist to do pencils and maybe even ink, you know, his or her own work, would that be something, you know, even if it was a full issue, 22, you know, plus plots for additional issues or something like that, would that be enough to go to Image and say, is can this be a book? And if so, then maybe they could get a colorist to work, you know, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, often there will be cases where guys will have temporary coloring or temporary lettering or whatever and sure. and but there's an awful lot of aspiring guys too you know sure, sure. They're just yeah. like I want to be a colorist on and and color Batman but I'm sitting there doing my sample pages and right. DC's not biting so if I can do a bunch of stuff over here then that's going to show other people that I'm capable of doing stuff and off we go yeah.
0: Now, I know that uh, back in the day, uh, a lot of artists used to bring portfolios to conventions and things like that. They that still would, do. They that still do. Now, <laughs> okay, well, that's good. I mean, because I know a lot of people, you know, they, they solicit online and things like that. So I was just asking if, if that changed the process at all, um, you know, being able to submit online portfolios as opposed to going to conventions. But I, apparently... Not apparently people still go to conventions with people, their portfolios. Yeah, they
1: still do. And and they, they that's that's part of the whole whole deal. Right. It's like I want to show you my stuff, man. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> Let's take a look at it. Um what well I mean, as far as in being an artist, what is the best way to get seen uh, by an editor or publisher? Would it be going to a convention, or would it be it, submitting or, it, or it, or does it not matter if you got talent, you have
1: talent? You'll, it, it, it. People, people will find you unless you're really, really well hidden. Right. Um, you know, especially at this point when you've got uh, all these different sites where people are showing you their stuff, and they're kind of communicating back and forth with each other. You know, I, Pencil Jack used to be the place, and I, I don't think it is anymore, but, but I mean, that was there was one point where... Guys who wanted to write uh, comics at, at, at Image would just be combing through these various sites looking for guys. And I think there's probably still a fair amount of that, where you're just trying to find somebody who can help make your book a reality. Right. So they're, they're figuring it out, trying to find these guys to help them. Cool.
0: Cool. Yeah, I mean, like DeviantArt, I know, is one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, DeviantArt,
1: that's the name. I didn't, I didn't, that one wasn't, didn't pop into my head, but I knew there was another one. But DeviantArt is definitely, it's, it's well combed over by folks in the industry trying to find willing accomplices.
0: Right. <laughs> um, Okay. And uh, I guess, lastly, what sort of advice would you have for sort of aspiring comic writers, comic creators out there? Funny.
1: really this the important thing is you just do the work because an awful lot of people talk about their big plans and what they want to do and they never actually get off their ass to do the work you got to do the work you know if you really want to do comics um, just do comics just keep just start making them you know if you're if you're a writer and you can't draw we'll do draw anyway Right. You know, just get your stuff out there in some possible form and then you know, work from there. You know, If you can get a collaborator and he's not very good, well, use him anyway. Because <laughs> it's, it's, everything is a stepping stone. And, sure. and that's what you'll find when you've been doing comics or breaking into doing comics. It's just one thing kind of leads to another and another. And it's the guys who make it or those guys who just... Get work done. They actually accomplish something, and are able to go from one thing to the next and the next and the next. You know, I started off at some small little black and white company. I before that, I self-published my own fanzine on a printing press that my dad had. Oh, you know, it's just hey, I got this tabletop printing press. I've now I've printed something. I'm trying to sell copies at a convention. I sold a few. Okay, I've got a local comic book store. I'm able to put some copies of my book on their shelf. Okay, now what's the next step? Who out there reviews this stuff? Okay, well, send copies out to the Comics Journal and the Comics Buyer's Guide and whoever else you can think of who might possibly say something. Right. Get that out in front of those people. Um, And sort of my... How, how it worked with me is I had this fanzine I got it out. A couple of people who bought it through the mail were trying to start up their own small comic book companies. They uh, contacted me and said, "Hey, you're you're pretty good. Why don't we? Uh, do you want to draw a story from, from my book over here?" And so, damn right I do. So it was just a matter of going from one job to the next and showing people everything you're doing along the way. You know, I was constantly in touch with editors-in-chief or whatever at at Marvel and DC, and constantly showing them this is what I'm up to. Okay, this is what I'm doing now. Now I've gotten my break. Now I'm I'm a professional, but I'm working on this small little comic company. Right. And you just keep on going from there. I got my first break. Now I want to get my next break, showing stuff to everybody who will give me a chance to do it. You know, eventually I met Jim Shooter at a, a convention in Chicago. Mm-hmm. We talked through a plot there on the spot, and uh, I went home drew it. And then at that point, I had awesome samples because it had the Hulk and it had Thor on it. Right. It was a full-length comic book. And people could see, oh, yeah, this guy can can do this. Right. You know? And here's here's how he do- handles these familiar characters. So there's a chance he's going to be able to draw DNA agents. And it's like, all right, now I'm doing DNA agents. And how, how do I go from DNA agents to the next thing? Well, you show people your work. Right, right. And well, that's all. So, it went.
0: So if there's anything to take away from this... Uh... The, the uh, motto of the day is get work done. Trademark, Eric Larson.
1: <laughs> really? That's it. It's, you know, the whole just do it thing. Sure. It's like, for crying out loud, don't quit telling me about your great idea and put your great idea down on paper. Yeah, show it to me. It, you yeah. know, yeah. show me that you can get something done. Yeah. And, and it, you know, it's for aspiring writers, if you really are like, if you're the, the, the goal you're chasing is Marvel and DC, make yourself useful, because those guys, they need people to do stuff, but they're not going to hire some new guy to do a big crossover between Marvel and DC. That's You're wasting your time doing that. Right. You want to make yourself useful. What do they need? What books? You know, having trouble finding a direction or finding a writer. Right. You know, if they're doing Christmas specials, write a six-page Christmas story. Write something small. Sure, Show sure. people what you can do, demonstrate your voice. You know, get out there. Very inspirational.
0: That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> um, no, I mean it is. I and I think it, that, it, that
1: it's just me because I talk to these guys all the time. They're coming up to me at convention, going, "I want to be a writer." Well, what have you written? Right. Well, I want to be a writer. I I want. You know, it's like they expect somebody is just going to hand them a job based on nothing. Right. Right. nobody's going to do that you have to have it based on something so well, you have to do something that somebody wants to hire you for and a yeah. lot of guys right. just start off doing manzines or doing these little strips that they do on, on, the, on the web just showing people hey here's, here's a gag a day or, or here's some story that I wrote here's my fan fiction of this character or that character Right. Yeah, I think
0: because comic book collecting is a hobby for so many people, they treat it as such. Instead of it is a profession, it's an industry, it's a job. You have to treat it as such. You know, no one would hire you to work on computers just because you like computers. You need to no. go out there and, yeah. and train oh. and get you know, and, and do the work. Oh, yeah. How to do that? Um, okay. Lastly, rapid fire, six quick questions That's sort of an either or. Questions, just for fun. Okay. Um. Okay. Here we go. Mac or PC? Mac. Giants or A's?
1: jeez mm, I'm gonna go with Giants. Just because uh, I moved, you know. <laughs> I did. I did the program books for the Oakland A's at one point, and and did the covers for them. But I was living over here at the time, and even so, I was like, kind of feeling like. It's not really my team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Toby McGuire or Andrew Garfield?
1: I don't know enough yet
0: to okay. make that.
1: Um, That's a push, I guess. I'm kind. I'm kind of thinking it may. It 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 may be Andrew. Okay. Because I I kind of like some of the things I'm hearing. Right. But I don't. I don't know the actor well enough to to know.
0: Okay. Um, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, or Red Dragon?
1: The Anthony Hopkins. Jeez, uh, Bruce Lee. Jesus. <laughs> of course.
0: Uh, Dungeons and Dragons or Dragon Age,
1: the video game? <laughs> uh, I'm showing my age here. Dungeons and Dragons, I guess.
0: Um, and lastly, who would win in a fight? The Savage Dragon or Hiccup, the kid from How to Train Your Dragon?
1: uh savage dragon of course <laughs> he kicks ass
0: he does kick he kicks lots of ass and has for yes. tw- 20 years
1: 20 years
0: actually probably longer because since when you were a kid he was probably kicking ass as well just maybe colorful. Yeah, a, a uh, i mean time. if
1: i if i keep going back it's like okay you know my fanzine i published that in 82 Right. So it's like, all right, 30 years. And then you go back even farther. It's like, well, how old were you when you created it? And it's like, eventually, it'll be like, okay, 40 years. It's <laughs> right. like, come <how> on. <laughs> but when do you start counting, really. Sure. So, are you, are you ever going to have 20 years is good enough? Are
0: you ever going to have uh, a. an an early savage a young savage dragon comic where you go back and retell some of those stories you told as a kid
1: i I actually have um i worked a couple of stories that i did as a fanzine uh when i was doing graphic fantasy and i graphic fantasy Mm -hmm. i reworked two of those stories and uh made them into issues of regular savage dragon 'Cause that was my initial goal. Sure. I I had a place where the book had gotten to when I was a kid. The characters had progressed to a certain point. And so when I when I came on image, it was like, All right, well I'm gonna work towards that same point. And then at that point, you know, I'm free to do with it as I see fit. Right. So I got to that point and just kept on going. But that was like issues sixty or something somewhere around there, sixty three, sixty five. Just a right. couple of them in there. I don't have it all off the of it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't.
0: Uh, yeah. After the numbers are so years, they,
1: unimportant to me, it yeah? just all start to blur together. I said it is. It's kind of ridiculous. It's just one long run. It is. I'm working on issue one hundred and eighty for crying out loud. And did yeah. you did you think when you were
0: doing the four issue miniseries you'd be, you know, twenty years into the the run?
1: No, you never, you never know for sure. I know that I wanted to to, to go on as long as I could, hmm. and you hope that it'll work. But you know, you know, I don't know that that image would work. I didn't know that we, we would stay together and that the company would would still be kicking around twenty years later. You certainly hope for that sort of thing, right? You, you want that to happen, but you don't know with with absolute certainty. So. And it's so
0: funny from an outsider's point of view, you don't think about those kinds of things. You think, oh, the six, these six great talents are creating their own company. It's going to be huge. They sold a million copies of this and this, and it's going to be amazing. And coming from the inside, it's like, well, hopefully this works. Because, well, you,
1: know, you never know. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh. weird. It's weird for me to think that, you know, when I was a kid reading Marvel comics, you know, that, I was, that those comics, the, the Marvel age, had not been around nearly as long as, as image has been around now. Sure. And yet, you know, because I was born at the time I was born, it just was like, well, they they've been around forever. Right. It's like, well, no, they came about, you know, they started a year or two before you were born. It wasn't right. really, wasn't that long, but. Right, right.
0: Oh, well, well, that's all the time we have for now. Uh, I appreciate you joining us today, Eric. Thank you so much. Um, for all things Eric and Savage Dragon related, be sure to check out SavageDragon.com. And for more information on the show, including a Q&A print interview with Eric, uh, please visit our website at ScriptsAndScribes.com. If you have questions about the craft or business of writing or comic creating, you can send us an email to ask at ScriptsAndScribes.com or send us a tweet to at There's no and in the middle there. Thanks for listening.